Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Catfish Weekly. This is Catfish Weekly 30, uh, episode 30. Tonight we're going to be talking odd catfish baits, things that you just don't normally use, a little, little different. Um, got a few different things. We got a giveaway from Whiskerware Apparel we'll do a little bit later on. Um, but uh, we're also having a little bit of technical difficulty with the chat program um, and on the website, catfishweekly.com. Uh, we might end up changing that out because we've had a few problems with it. So uh, please bear with us. Um, I believe Chuck mentioned if you want, you can go to the uh, Facebook page, comment that you want it put into a group, and we can add you to the Facebook uh, group chat, and you guys can talk there. And we'll try to get that set up uh, as we're going as we're doing the show here. But uh, talking odd catfish baits, um, I'll go ahead and let Lyle kick it off. And you there, Lyle? Yes. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I was. <laughs> I saw, I'm gonna go ahead and let you kick it off on a couple of the the odd catfish baits. Well, um, you know, one of the the things that you know, you and I was talking about earlier. Uh, I have a good friend of mine over in uh, around the Columbia area that uh, mulberries is one of the big things. And when the mulberries are falling off a tree, he rides up and down the river and he looks for uh, uh, mulberry bushes or trees, whatever you want to call them, and that are falling in the river. And he'll set up stream from them. And you don't have to use that as a bait, but those fish are in there feeding on those berries. And you can set up above there, and you can just catch the fire out of them. Uh, channel cat and blues. Uh, I'm not sure you ever caught any flatheads in them areas, but I know the channel cats and blues. They'll be in there gorging themselves, and it makes me think that uh, if that would work on mulberries, it'd work on about any type of berry or uh, fruit or anything like that. Now, I, you know, I'm, I'm not personally. I'm not really in big into. Uh, trying a bunch of that odd stuff, but uh, I know a lot of people do. And uh, one of my favorite stories is a friend of mine in uh, Springfield, Missouri, who's the Mac Tool guy, is is really really big on taking uh, Boy Scouts out on uh, fishing trips. And uh, one of the things that he does uh, is he takes them out, and lets them set jug lines, and lets them float down the uh, the Osage River there on Truman and. Uh, they never use anything but hot dogs, and uh, they catch small channel cat, and they release anything bigger than three or four pounds, and it's really good for them kids. It's a fast way, fast action, fast-paced thing to keep them kids interested in, and uh, he has told me upon numerous occasions that he never goes out where they don't catch enough uh, to have a meal for, you know, how many ever kids is involved with that? I'm going to guess you're probably cooking uh, 10 to 20 kids and uh, three or four adults. But, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of different things. Uh, I know uh, I got talked into buying some green worms one time. We was over in Peoria fishing a, a tournament over there, and it's predominantly a, they have a few blues over there, but it's uh, small flatheads and mostly channel cat. And we went into a... Uh, 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 tackle shop over there and they had this guy was telling me about these green fishing worms and I don't know if they feed them something or they 
it's a dye or whatever they do, but these things was green, looked like a green tomato. They kind of glowed, and uh, we bought a bunch of them, but, you know, it's kind of like a lot of the other stuff. It just doesn't, uh, uh, it doesn't work for me for whatever reason, and uh, one of the things that I was going to talk about is, is Asian carp, and I know to a lot of us that fish a lot, Asian carp is not a strange bait, but for a lot of people, uh, Asian carp is still something new. Only thing they know that they do is is jump in the air and whack you upside the head and stuff like that. But Asian carp has become uh, not only an oddity bait for a lot of people, it's become one of the standards uh, simply because there's so many of them now that a lot of the blues, flatheads, and even ch bigger channel cat, uh, that's a main food source for them. So, uh, you know, they absolutely work uh, for catching catfish, and the skin on them is really tough. Uh, they stay on a hook good, and, and something that, that I would, would mention to the guys that believe in uh, injecting bait or soaking bait, like I've said before, I've tried all that stuff, and it's never worked for me, but Asian carp stays on a hook so good that if you was going to use dead red or any of that uh, injectable, soakable, spray-on stuff of any kind, that that's the kind of stuff that I would be looking for because it's not going to come off your hook unless you unless you uh, cut it off and or physically take it off. I've, I've caught two and three fish at, uh, on the same piece of bait because basically they can't hardly get that skin off of there and if I was ever going to try any of that stuff that's definitely what I'd be using uh, but you know I, I just don't do anything like that we talked about uh, fishing worms and catalpa worms and different things and I'll say that for you but um, one of the things that that I want to touch on here for just a second um, a guy I know over around Columbia Missouri was on the Missouri River here about three years ago and caught a 95-pound blue, and he was fishing in the Missouri River where the fields had been flooded and, and flooded really bad, and those blues had got up in these fields, and they was up in there eating these earthworms and dike crawlers and stuff out of these fields. And what Troy done, and I talked to him on the phone about this, he took an 8-aught circle hook and loaded it up with night crawlers and so made a ball on there to where you just couldn't get another night crawler on there and that's what he caught that blue on was they've been up in there feeding all these worms and stuff in these fields and as the water run out he was sitting uh, anchored above this drainage ditch fishing down to it and they've been in there for two or three weeks eating on these worms now that granted that's not an oddity as far as bait but to catch a fish that size on night crawlers is an oddity or, or it is for me uh, so uh, you know, something to bear in mind that just because something don't work one day, it might work the next, and don't be afraid to try stuff. I know we was talking before the show, and you guys have talked about a bunch of, of uh, weird stuff that I'd never heard of, but I'm kind of a traditionalist, and, and I'm going to, basically, I'm going to use shad and, and uh, skipjack herring and Asian carp and, uh, gold eye and stuff like that, that that works for me and it's tried and true but uh, one of the things that, that I like to to people to tell people is you know if, if fishing's tough you want everything in that boat that you think could possibly work so 
creek chubs or minnows or suckers or uh, old common carp, uh, anything that is different than what everybody else is using may or may not work at any given time. And <coughs> pardon me, don't be afraid to use some of that stuff because uh, it may not work today and it may work tomorrow, vice versa. Uh, as much of that stuff as you can keep on hand, uh, I'm not a big believer in stink baits, but it saved my bacon in a couple of tournaments where we got in there and didn't have any fish late in the day, and we went over and put five or six channel cat in the in the boat and uh, ended up getting in the running for drawings on stuff. So uh, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of different things that that people can use that uh, is non-traditional. Uh, like I say, I'm kind of a traditionalist, and and I don't I don't like using that that stuff, but it's not that I wouldn't use it. If I wouldn't catch no fish, it gets to the point where I just about try anything. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, going off a little what you said there, um, there's even myself, I get to in this mentality when we're tournament fishing, though. And, and I know your tournament fishing and mine are a little different. And, and the tournament trails that I fish, um, you're not really going for a lot of channel catch. You're going for flatheads, blues, mostly blues. But um, in, in our area... You know, a lot of these weird oddity baits are are actual feasible baits to use to get to actually do well in a tournament. And you know, also with what you're saying, there's a lot of people and myself included that do this. Sometimes you'll think, and in your and in general theory, it's correct thinking, but in in all actuality, it actually doesn't always turn out that way. But the thinking and and the thought behind it is that. A lot of these weird baits, these uh, chum baits, these um, you know, d all these different little things. A lot of people think that it's small fish, and that's all you're going to catch on these is small fish. And in all honesty, that's not the case. I mean, in with chum bait, like a dip bait, uh, like Secret Seven or something like that, I've actually done very well catching you know, 10, 12 pound channel cats on on stink bait. You know, and it's something where if you ask people, they're going to say, oh, well, you know, you're going to catch two pounders. A lot of the time you probably will because their general theory behind it is that your smaller catfish are more of the scavenger, uh, you know, trash-eating type fish. They're not necessarily predator-style predator quite yet. They haven't developed their predatory skills, I, I guess you could say, for their small game fish or small fish or whatever. Uh, so a lot of people say that, you know, with that, those other miscellaneous baits that you're targeting more of the small fish. But like I said, there's, there's absolutely, uh, there, I'm sure there's some science behind it, but you know, it, it doesn't always prove to be the case. You know, like I said, I've caught big fish off of the weird baits. You know, shrimp and and stink bait and, you know, um, but uh, you know, I, I I've I've got quite a few of you know, doing a little bit of research for the show. Um, one of the one of the first ones and one of the ones that you see come up a lot is uh, hot dogs. You know, you hear people talk about hot dogs. And uh, through, m through my research, um, it, I guess it's it, there's an actual type of hot dog, not like a brand or anything, but you want to find... The cheapest hot dogs you can, the ones that aren't like all beef or anything, because apparently like the cheap turkey and chicken type hot dogs or mixed meat kind of uh, hot dogs like that, I guess uh, 
they seem to catch more catfish than what a uh, like a beef hot dog or any other kind of hot dog would do. So um, that was one of the things. That was one of the baits that I came up with. Um, also, want to say to anybody that is watching the show right now, uh, and you're on our live chat or on our live uh, watch us live page. Um, the chat is not working, so if you want to be in a chat with us, you can send me a message on Facebook, Chris Wallace, on Facebook, and I can add you. We've got a Facebook chat going right now, um, and I can add you to that chat so you can talk on here and ask questions or, or do anything like that. Um, if, if you're not a friend of mine or whatever, go ahead and send me a friend request if you need to, Or, but I think you can send a message if you're a friend or not. Um but uh, I'll get you put into the chat if you want to talk with us on here. Um, so feel free to do that. Um, Chuck, you got a odd bait you want to talk about? Um, well, there's a few odd baits. Um, I just want to talk about some not very odd baits, but uh, I've heard about them being used before. But there's been some almost and record-sized catfish caught on um, I seen a Facebook post a while back on the Mississippi River where a kid caught, I think it was a triple digit on Vienna sausages. Do y'all remember anything on that? I don't, but I ain't putting one on my hook. I can't keep one out of my mouth long enough. And then uh, the Alabama 120-pound record that was caught last year. It's uh, chicken livers, and they were out of them. So he picked up some chicken gizzards at the store and um, caught it on it. So, you know, the the, the larger catfish seem to hit um, some of these you know, more off-the-wall baits. Um, right there you go, Chuck. I keep them babies. I buy them by the flat. They are in the boat with me always. Now that you're talking about them, I'm going to have to try them out. Well, you're sponsored by them, so. I should be. I should be. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to talk about uh, juicing up some baits. I've I've seen people when I was a kid we used the vanilla extract. It's a very expensive. The the uh, old timers had told me about it. Um, the imitation vanilla extract does not work. It has to be the good stuff. And uh, we used to soak our chicken livers in it and. We used to get bites 10 to 1 on the ones with the vanilla extract. I don't know what it is about them, but, um, you know, the channel cats and the smaller eater-sized fish, you know, we even caught some up, you know, around 15-pound range with them. Um, I've heard of people, you know, juicing their baits up with uh, WD-40. I read an article earlier where they said Preparation H has the same exact shark oil in it as the WD-40 does, and people use it also. Um, the WD-40 thing, I, from what I've researched and everything, the actual company of WD-40 has always said that that's an actual myth about them having any sort of fish oil in WD-40, though. Oh, really? The old, there, there was a very old, uh, like the original WD-40 formula is what had some fish oil in it, but it's been, I mean, a very, very long time ago. Um that was the that from what I could read on it. That was the the story behind the WD-40. Yeah, if you fish on these uh, the rivers that have barges and they have uh, 
uh, chicken plants, rendering plants, and dog food processing plants where they barge uh, product from one plant to the other. Um, you know, dog food is a really good uh, off-the-wall bait to use around those barges in the areas where these plants are. Uh, these fish just lay around and gorge themselves on all this. Um, they're used to it. They grew up on it. Uh, so I, I really... I've caught, um, you know, 20 and 30 pound catfish around these barges back in sloughs uh, using uh, chicken livers right around these barges that were full of dog food. So, uh, you know, there's large catfish laying around just gorging themselves on it. Uh, if you could keep it on the hook, I bet some of the, the tender type dog foods would, would do really well on it. Uh, but... The, you know, the old-timers, my dad was included. I haven't tried it because there's so many different mussels that are endangered and uh, protected these days. I don't have time to, you know, figure out if I'm using the zebra mussel or something that, you know, may be protected or whatever. But they used to bait their trot lines on it, and um, they used to do really well. They would, you know, they would swear by them. They would sit around and crack them, get a big old bowls full of them uh, go out early in the morning and uh, in the late in the afternoon and bait the trot lines with them and bring in plenty of eaters so mussels seem to work pretty good and another thing that I've used on the Tennessee River was uh, pieces of coot which is a it's a duck uh, American coot but they don't have web feet you may see them all over the river they'll go underwater and stand underwater forever and they'll pop back up but uh, I used to have the, the duck hunters bring me in some when they would go hunt the mallards and stuff, and they were just shooting everything. And uh, I, I've plucked them, cut them up, and uh, I've never really caught any big fish with them. But, you know, I was fishing, you know, right beside skipjack and other baits. So it was those days that you really couldn't get the fish to bite anyway. So I don't know how well they've, they work, but... There's been some other cat fishermen that I've talked to on the Tennessee River that have used the coot, um, you know, with very good success. I've also read on, and, and this is, you know, we're talking odd baits. We're not necessarily saying go out and do this or anything like that, but just, uh, you know, out of reading the old, old, uh, you know, fisherman tales or, or whatever, I I found that they also were, would use uh, baby chicks. Uh, for flatheads, um, apparently it was a really good, I mean a really good a bait for flatheads. If you, I guess if, you're, if you have a, a body of water that has a lot of good sized flatheads in it, the baby chicks were one of the best baits they could get. And You know, again, that might be something that's illegal now or illegal, was illegal then, I don't know. Um, also, back to that, uh, what I was saying earlier about the hot dogs, uh, also, with like chicken and shrimp, uh, what people would do with that also is uh, um, take uh, like um, garlic, like minced garlic, uh, put a bunch of minced garlic, put it in some water, get a, the strawberry Kool-Aid, um, put that all in a bag, refrigerate it overnight or whatever, let that soak into the either chicken, like people make strawberry chicken. Um, they'll do it with the shrimp, do it with the hot dogs, um, 
you know, it's basically just a, a flavor enhancement on that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, that's what Jason Malone says, baby birds before they get the feathers. Um, also, uh, some of the other ones that I found out, uh, you know, and, and some of you guys might have known or not, but some of them, some of these things are going to be seasonal. Some of them, you know, they're going to be, uh, you're only going to be able to uh, get get them when when they come in at a certain time or something like that. Uh, catalpa worms. Uh, some of you may know, catalpa worms for channel cats are are deadly on them. I guess the they come in right around this time, July, um, in this area. I guess July, August. I guess it depends on the area you live in, but uh, they're found on catalpa trees. Um, they're basically. You're not on the uh, trees yet, uh, Chris. On the leaves, yeah. They'll, they'll when they when they start showing up. What's that? When they start in on them leaves, they'll strip a tree in just you know a week. Yeah. And 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 the guys that I that from what I was reading, uh, catalpa worms, you know, they they'll take them and they'll freeze them and they'll keep them, you know, for a year round channel cat bait and and. Um, one of the things that I read about the catalpa worms was that you can't just put it on a hook and, and catch a fish with it. You really want to um, cut it in half or cut the head off or something. I guess it's the juice of that worm that really just makes the channels go crazy for them. So, uh, like Lyle said, once you once they start coming in on the catalpa trees, you know, you, I'm sure you can do a little bit of Google research on them if you've not heard of them before, um, but you can. I guess you can go out to a tree and, and get a lot of them, and they're going to be on the underside of the leaves for the most part. And uh, they're basically caterpillars is what they look like. But uh, did you have any more? Do you want me to keep going down some of the lists that I got here, Lyle? I'll touch on, on that catalpa worm stuff. Um, okay. I've had guys that fished in, years ago when we first started fishing, uh, catfish tournaments, uh, people really didn't realize that you could catch them big blues, you know, and it wasn't that they didn't know they was in there, but, you know, they didn't know that you could catch them and, and make them work on uh, catfish tournaments and different things, and uh, as time progressed, you know, we all learned, but uh, back in the day, uh, 15, 20 years ago, when we first started catching or fishing these uh, catfish tournaments, uh, in the middle of the summer, like you say, when these worms would get on these trees, the guys that had those in a tournament and get on them channel cat would get the biggest channel cat in the tournament, and it was hard to beat. Uh, and and uh, we like we was talking before the show, I have a tree, uh, at least one, probably two, uh, right next door to me, and I watch them every night right now to see if they're on there because if you want to get some really good channel cat bait, uh, for the hot part of the year, that's about as good as it gets in our area. So uh, if you guys don't know what a catalpa tree is, uh, get out or Google it up on your Internet and, and see what they look like. And, and when they get on these trees, just go out there and get you a, a can or something and pull them off the leaves because they'll eat them leaves off of the tree and then they'll move on to the next one. But uh, catch them up and put them in a bag, freeze them, use them. They're great channel cat bait. And I've seen some really monstrous channel cat caught off these things. 
year. That's about as oh, good. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chuck, you got anything else to add on that or a, di a different bait? Yeah, I heard of, you know, being on the uh, the forums for a few years and hearing guys kidding around about what they've caught these big catfish on. And we was talking about it early that um, a nisor or a nisor or whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah, A-N-I-S-E. Uh, it's used for cooking or what? And does it really work? Has people ever used this kind of stuff or people just kid around using it? I've heard people talk about it, and I actually tried it years ago, but I never did catch anything on it. But like I say, uh, my luck with stuff that uh, is not standby, stand-up bait, I just I don't have any luck with it. And, and uh, if, if I don't do any good with it, I'm probably only going to try it once. Yeah, people mix, and I've heard people mix up... Um them uh, secret channel cat recipes and they're throwing uh, jello and I mean just all Wheat kinds of stuff and together. All <laughs> and they laid yeah, <laughs> it outside for six days and let it rot and then put it in your refrigerator and let it gel for six days. Oh God. I'm thinking I'm gonna pass stuff. on all that. Yeah me too. <laughs> yeah, but you you see, you guys are like I said, you guys got all that big water, big fish, all that stuff down there. You know, we uh, us guys up here who un unfortunately don't have those big fish anymore. <laughs> you know, well, we got we got to we got to cap we got to catch some channel cats. You know, and that's what you know. Honestly, you know, our cat our channel cat tournaments. Believe it or not, I mean, and this is just the sad state of things right now. Our channel cat tournaments are having as big or bigger weigh-ins than the, when you go down to the Ohio River where you have big flatheads and, and blues are supposed to be. Well, you know. that's sad, and, and that has to do with commercial fishing, and we all know that. Uh, until something gets done, it's, it may may or may not change. Uh, some of the best times we had last year, and I think I've mentioned this a time or two, Cindy and I fished uh, in tournaments, I believe, last year in, in eight different states. And we went all over the place. And some of the best fun, the most fun we had was in channel cat tournaments. We had a great time uh, over at the TCCA tournament over in Peoria. Uh, we went over there and fished a night tournament. It was outstanding. We went to the Red River and fished a Cats Incredible tournament last year, which reminds me that was just on over the weekend. I understand they had a great turnout again. But, you know, that's all channel cat stuff. And uh, uh, it, it's we have a lot of fun fishing channel cat tournaments. And, uh, one of the things that you talk about your weigh-ins on them, and, and I'll just mention this right quick because it's kind of off subject, but um, the channel cats, you know, it's not uncommon for tournaments of channel cat to have five or even seven or ten uh, fish limits. Where with Twisted Cat Outdoors, we only have a three fish limit, uh, and I would love to see all of the the major tournament series go to that simply because if you're in an area where you have large blue cats, uh, it's not uncommon to see 340s, 350s, or more in a boat uh, unless you have a huge live well. Most people cannot safely contain three monster fish all day in a tournament, and, uh, and they sure can't do five. So that's something that all these tournament directors need to look at. Uh, I know there was a big tournament. Uh, Brad had a big tournament over in Brunswick this week. 
and uh, you know they had 120 some pounds. Well, my, uh, you know a lot of live wells will hold 120 pounds, but Danny Salfin had a three fish limit uh, a couple years ago in St. Louis, 195.2 pounds, and I defy hardly you know there there's a handful of boats anywhere uh, that doesn't have a custom live well that will withstand uh, uh, 200 pounds worth of fish in a boat without uh, being detrimental to the fish's health. So. Um, as as the, the big fish uh, weigh-ins come in, people need to start thinking about that so we don't think it, you know, the commercial guys are killing these fish fast enough. We don't need to add to that. Yeah, back, back to the the catalpa worms, I also forgot to mention that from when I was researching on it, um, the, I guess it's a bait that's better fished on the bottom um, from what people have noticed, I guess, has been drifting with them on, on lakes like uh, during you know summer months, trying to get above a thermocline or something like that, um, it it just didn't it, you know it produced, but just not as well as fishing from the bottom. So uh, that was something to keep in mind there. Um, another another bait I researched and found out just raw bacon. Uh, I've heard I read that you could just take bacon, put it in the refrigerator. I guess hickory smokes a good a good bacon. Let it sit in the refrigerator for quite a few days or something and just take raw bacon out there and throw it on there. You guys ain't thinking anything dad about that? No, I just got, a, just yep. got a message from Ron Workman on the chat that uh, he is never going to let a shrimp go by and put it on a hook. I know he's going to eat them bad boys. So who's ever fished with frogs uh, live, cut, and had very good luck out of them? I heard they're killer channel cat bait for large trophy channel cats. I've n I've not done it. I actually, where was we at? We was at Vincennes, and I went to an Amish, uh, an, an Amish, basically an Amish house that he sold bait, and one of his little one of his live wool things had some frogs in it and I, I kinda thought about grabbing them. You know, I don't think they were for sale or anything, but they, they were just in there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I, I was talking with my partner about that as well. I said, you know, frog would have to be a decent bait, you know, I mean it's a natural thing. It's gonna be in the water. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard in a Facebook post uh, just a while ago about it, and um, a lot of people replied on it, uh, live cut, and a lot of people had success from it. Yeah. Um, some of the other baits I've, I've got, I guess a good some good fall baits are persimmons, uh, muscadines, and mulberries. And uh, like Lyle was saying, I guess uh, you find the the trees that these fall from, and uh, channels and blues, I guess, are are uh, are eaters of fruits and nuts. Um, you know, so you find the time of year, I guess, when these these kinds of fruits are falling from the trees, and you get around a tree, or maybe you know you just get them out in the water. They might have a scent they put off that uh, would attract a a bite. Lyle. Got anything on that? Uh, you know, other than what I said, I, I've never done it. Um, like I say, I'm pretty much a traditionalist. I know what I'm looking for, and, and uh, uh, you know, maybe that's how come sometimes I don't do so well. Maybe I need to try some of this stuff. 
I sure would hate to give up one of the Vienna sausages, but uh, I'm going to have to try that. I know the hot dogs work. Uh, I can't see where it would be much difference. They're basically the same thing except with some flavoring. So um, I know Keith does really well in Mulberry time. Uh, he's always sending me pictures of stuff that he catches, and, and he'll take a picture, and, uh, and he'll be right underneath the mulberry tree where he's fishing. And uh, like I say, I see no reason why if you found an apple tree or cherry tree or pea, whatever you'd find that has a berry fruit or something on it uh, that would fall right in the river, I can't see why it wouldn't work. And, and uh, I know Chuck was talking about the dog food stuff. I know... Um, when we used to use minnow traps and stuff and put them in the creek, that's what we used to bait the minnow traps was, was, was dry dog food. So I'm quite sure if you could figure out a way to put that on a, uh, on a hook or uh, attach it to a hook where it'd stay put, I'm convinced that would work for, for bait. Um, again, I've never tried it, but, um, you know, I can see that working. I really can. Yeah. Um... Also, uh, let's see. I got, I got spam written down here. Apparently, a 116-pound blue. I don't know if it's the current world record or a previous world record. Apparently, this was caught on spam. Well, they must have used the whole friggin' block. That's what I'd guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's a, you. If you ask me, spam. That's about all that shit's good for. Or, or, I'm sorry. <laughs> excuse my language. <laughs> it's only happened once or twice. <laughs> but you know. Good. <laughs> Spam <laughs> is disgusting. Now <laughs> well, I can eat it, but I'd rather have Vienna sausages. <laughs> I'd rather eat Vienna sausages too. Yeah, uh, we cut up a water moskin a couple of times and a rattlesnake, and I've used it side by side with other baits, just trying it out. And I, I've had bites on it and everything, but just like any other bait. Um, Never really had any, um, you know, actually caught caught any fish on them. But um, you know, I, I think about any kind of natural meat that uh, would put off any kind of scent, especially if it's fresh, is going to, you know, have a fish uh, going to take it. You know, I've got I've got something to to visit with you boys about that a, a an older gentleman told me about last year. And he fishes with blood, and we're talking about chicken blood, beef blood. Uh, he goes to a locker plant and gets this stuff, and and it'll set up and kind of gel. And uh, he cools it in a refrigerator and chunks it up into into squares, and then runs a treble hook through it. And you've got to get it in your hand. And what he told me is, you basically just throw it out in the water, uh, and it'll stay around the hook, and the, the fish will come in there and grab that up. And get the hook, but you know you basically can't cast it because it it'll come apart on you. But he has told me that that is the best channel cat bait that he ever used, ever. And uh, this guy was the doctor, uh, and he knew how to take care of it where it would work for him. And uh, I've heard other old timers talk about that, but myself, I've never, I've never. Uh, used it, but uh, it's just something that popped into my mind that I'd actually forgotten about. Hmm. Yeah, you'd have to not, like, have to be no current, probably have to be, like, a lake or... Lakes, yeah, that's what he used it in, was lakes. 
Yeah, lake, and then not move it at all. Once you get it on the bottom, pretty much leave it there until you're ready to put another one on. That's it. And they just and as long as you don't move it around, it just stay in the little square. And when they come in there to get it, they get your hook and and you go on. But he said it's deadly on channel cat of all sizes. Yes, I'm, I'm, I made a post last year about using a live chicken. Um, I was gonna I was gonna use a whole uh, a whole chicken from the grocery store. I was cutting up about using a a plucked live chicken, which I've always wanted to do. But I stopped at Piggly Wiggly and I bought a a Cornish hen. It's like a miniature chicken that's uh, you know shrink wrapped, and um, I actually used it. And uh, talking about you know. Having something pucker up every time you've seen that pole move a little bit. I never caught a fish on it. And I, I drifted with it at Gunnersville in the channel. I had it on there for about an hour and a half with a double hook rig. And uh, I had a couple of, you know, rod tip bounced a little bit here and there. And um, talking about just staring at one rod and not paying attention to any other rods, I mean, I was hoping... I was going to catch something on it, but I tried it, and I, I think it's going to work. I'm going to try it again this spring. I heard during the spring that, uh, you know, chicken breasts work really well, especially below the dams. So I'm, I'm going to try that Cornish hen one more time this coming spring. I've got a question for you about that, Chuck. When you put that on there, when you take it out of the package, is most of the blood out of that bird? Uh, yes. Uh, anytime when, when they process a bird, they... Um, after they cut the head off, it. Oh, did we lose him or did he just cut yeah, out? I mean, uh, all the blood is totally drained out of it. Um, well, my theory is if you had a way of, when you put that on there with the, an injection needle and had some to inject in there, that might help. I, you know, that's just a theory. I was just sitting here thinking about that, and I, I was under the assumption that all the blood would be out of them. But if you had some way to go to a chicken plant or something and get some of that blood and inject it back into that bird, I can see that working. Yeah, um, I was I was hoping it would work, and it's going to work. I'm gonna catch me a fish on on a whole on a whole chicken. I mean, it's gonna be a, a Cornish hen because I, you know, some of them Tennessee River blues that they are big enough that they could take a whole chicken, but um, you know, I want to be more realistic about it and just use a small Cornish hen. And um, I, I would, I would really like to use a, a live plucked chicken. And when I put him on the hook, he is still kicking with blood in him and raw. I, I want to do that very bad. You, you need to make sure you have video of this, but I'm not sure you'd want to share that online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to see it, you know. Yeah, uh, we have used a dead, dead coot like that before, um, you know, fresh from a, a kill from a duck hunter, uh, pluck them, uh, just killed that morning, hadn't been froze or anything and used them, uh, you know, and it's been on those days where, you know, we've had cold fronts and you don't get a bite on anything else anyway, so I don't really know how good of it, you know, if it would have really worked or what, but. You know, one of these days, hopefully, I'll try one of these good baits that I'm really curious about, and that you know, there's really a good bite that day, and I'll actually see how good they do. Well, you know, and, and 
you know, these guys that are in these tournaments that are just kicking tail and taking names, we're talking about Jeff Dodd and Daryl Maskell and, you know, Maskell boys and, and uh, uh, some of them boys over there by you that are tearing it up. I, you know, I am a firm believer that these guys have figured out something that the rest of us haven't got. And, and how you find those, those little tricks is to keep doing it until you find something that works and keep it under your hat you don't share it. You know, and, and I'm convinced that Daryl and Jason's got something going on. You know, they're just as tough as they can be in every turn that they go to. Jeff Dodd's another one. He's just outstanding. And, and there's many, many, many more. They just come to my mind right off that. But all of the successful guys, I, I believe, have got a trick up their sleeve that nobody else has figured out yet. And, and maybe it is uh, squeezing the juice out of a chicken. Hell, who knows? But it's something. Yeah, I know another thing that uh, something I've actually done myself, and, and it's a, it's not a bad bait. I can't say that I've used it too much for for uh, channel catfishing, but I'm guessing that it it would work. But going if you have a local butcher, uh, go to your butcher shop and and just tell them that you want like a, a cow heart or a cow spleen, uh, and tell them you know keep the blood in it, you know. And and normally, the, from when I went and did it, they told me you know. Normally they have to get rid of it. They have to destroy it. They have to make sure it's not for human consumption. Um, but you know, I guess if you if you talk to them nicely, tell them you give them a few bucks for it or something, uh, they'll they'll work it out with you. Um, then you can take that. You can take those things already soaking up. You know, like a heart or whatever's already got a lot of blood in it in the chambers and whatnot. And you can you can cut that up into you know smaller chunks and whatnot and use that for bait. And that's. Um, there's a lot of people I've heard from that said that they've done well catching big blues and and things like that. And are you talking about beef heart and, and stuff? Yep. I know uh, I watched a video with, uh, uh, I think it was John Jameson here a couple of years ago where uh, he had been experimenting with uh, beef blood and different things. And, uh, uh, you know, John's pretty successful himself with, I never did hear if, if any of that ever actually panned out for him or not. But uh, you know, like I say, them successful guys, whatever they got working, they're not letting it out. So there's some stuff uh, out there that the rest of us are missing that somebody's using. Yeah. I mean, uh, a couple of the last two things that I have on my unconventional catfish baits are non-clean squid, I guess if you can find that. Uh, might be worth some something worth trying. I I don't know if I've ever tried it. Um, and then bubble gum, like uh, from what I read, you want to you want to slightly chew the bubble gum, but not enough to where you get the flavor out of it. But apparently, bubble gum will catch some catfish. And you blow a bubble for how deep you want it to sink. If you want to fish right on bottom, you don't blow blow a bubble. <laughs> Alright, I guess you use it for a for a for a bobber. Yeah, but I would say that, you know the guys who are, are are doing well in these catfish tournaments and things like that, I'd almost say that you know, most of the time they whatever they've done, they figured out themselves. It's not like that, you know, there's some secret chain of 
information that only a few guys are sharing with each other. It's it's they're going out there, they're getting on the bodies of water, and they're trying stuff. You know, right. and there's a lot of stuff that ain't working for them, and then they're going to find something that does. Well, I have this funny feeling after having Daryl and Jason and Jeff all on the show at different times that if Daryl and Jason come up with something, they're probably not going to tell Jeff. And if Jeff comes up with something, I know damn well he ain't going to share it with them. You know, they want to beat each other that bad, and, and that's the way it's supposed to be. But uh, I really think that all them guys, and it, it maybe it's just the fact that their preparation is just that much better than everybody else's, but I really think there's some of these guys that have got something figured out that the rest of us don't have. Well, they fished together in one. How did that work? Well, I, I just cannot only imagine what that would have been like in that boat. You remember that, that that tournament? <laughs> I, I would have given anything to have been a cameraman uh, on that boat that day. I'm pretty sure that would have been fully entertaining. Yeah, fishing with the enemies is what I told him. He, he laughed at <laughs> Well, everybody, I think we're, uh, we got a couple things to do. It's, it's a little past midpoint of the show, but, uh, we have, uh, a giveaway for this week that, uh, the cap, or whisker wear apparel that we're going to give away. Um, I've got it all. I'm going to go ahead and do a screen share here in a second here. Let me get my screen share going. And right there. All right, everybody can see I have on random.org. The people who are entered into the contest, and I do want to thank every one of you guys for, for doing what we wanted you to do, and you don't have to enter again. Once you've entered once, that's all you got to enter. We're going to keep your names in the hat for every, every week following. Uh, but first off, we have Teresa and Dave. Second, we got Robert Tallman. Third, Melinda Jackson. Third, Terrence Springs. Jason Malone. And then, since Jason Malone is the super fan in the forums, he paid the $10. He gets a bonus entry. So there's Jason Malone's bonus entry. Uh, Ron Workman. John Harden. Scott Meyer. And Seth McAllister. What I'm going to do is I'm going to click randomize on this, and I'm going to click randomize five times. Whoever's name is in the first spot after the fifth time. You're going to be the winner of the uh, the Whisker Wear Apparel Package. I believe you're going to get a, a long sleeve or a short sleeve t-shirt, a koozie, and a decal. So here we go. One, two, three, four, and five. Terrence Springs. Terrence Springs is the winner. And if you guys noticed... Jason Malone with the bonus entry was number one twice in there. So that bonus entry, that might come in handy if you guys want to buy that. Get in on that super fan action where on all the contests for the for the next year, you'll be uh, getting a bonus entry on them. He's a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, besides the the uh, contest that we did, we we, we want to thank Rob with Whiskerware for for doing this. Um, we also I also have a couple angler spotlights that I'm going to do. Uh, Chris Jones, Mark Andre Cote, and Timmy Houchins. Um, 
Just going to tell you guys, nice fish. Thanks for posting on the Catfish Weekly site. We're enjoying the pictures. Uh, and, and I believe Mark Andre Cote had a nice video uh, where he, he released the fish. It was a great video. Um, thank you all for putting the site, our pictures and videos on the site for us on our Facebook page. Uh, keep, them go, keep them coming. Enjoy looking at them. So thanks, guys. Um, I believe that's all I have. So if uh, you guys have anything else before we do closing statements or anything, now will be the time. I can't think of anything else I got going. Let's ask in the in the chat here if anybody has any questions on bait or ideas. Give that a second here, Ch Chuck. You have anything else to throw in there? No, not on this subject. I don't. Hey, um, while, while we're sitting here with a couple of minutes here, uh, I didn't know it, but Chuck and I was talking before the show, and uh, Leanne has had some uh, health issues, and we want to wish her the best and hope she gets to feeling better real quick and, and get back on there to keep Chuck in line. Yeah, y'all have noticed she's not been holding up any big catfish in any pictures over the past month or so, and... Uh, hopefully by this weekend she'll be ready to go and uh, I can get her right back out there and we can start that's, getting some more pictures of it. I hope everybody sends her a, a get well soon deal because if anybody deserves it, it's definitely her. So. Yeah, it, it, I hate going out fishing without her, uh, knowing that you know she wants to be out there worse than I do. And I've been out a few times without her and uh, it just hasn't been any fun knowing that you know she, she wants to be out there more than I do. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, get well soon, Leanne. Uh, yeah, get well. Tell her, uh, tell her old Fud says get well, and I'll wear the wig for her if she wants me to. <laughs> <laughs> she might want you to belly dance for her. <laughs> well, we but, got a video camera out after that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Runny doo doo says hello. Get better. All that, but anyway, we got. We also, I want to do a quick mention that uh, the Catfish Magazine, um, Catfish Weekly, is partnered up with the Catfish Magazine. Uh, if you look on uh, catfishweekly.com, the top right hand side, there's going to be a, a new big banner there, or a big uh, advertisement. Um, but that right there, if you click on that advertisement, it's going to take you to the registration to where it's a digital magazine only. I don't believe they have a physical uh, copy of the magazine, um, but it's it's newer. Uh, their their subscriber base is through the roof right now, and it's only going to get better and better. And the more it gets, the better the content will be in that magazine. But I've already seen a preview of the magazine, and there's there's a lot of good information in there. And you're going to see Cat, Catfish Weekly. Uh, advertisements and uh, I believe in this next issue that comes out there's going to be a nice article uh, about Catfish Weekly and all of us in there uh, and then every every issue after that you're going to see an advertisement for Catfish Weekly in that in that uh, magazine so uh, make sure you check it out go go and register for it it's, it's free um, nothing you gotta pay for anything like that just put your email in and they'll send it to your email box uh, whenever it comes out I believe it's a every other month uh, release, if I'm not mistaken. So, I actually he sent me a uh, a free deal on on the the magazine also, Chris. And uh, 
I had seen it before, but really hadn't paid that much attention. He has uh, several of the predominant catfish outdoor writers uh, in the industry in this magazine. So you'll get some quality quality uh, reading in there, and uh, it, it's going to be a, a big thing in the, in the near future, I believe. Yep. So uh, I believe nobody had any questions. Nobody had any. Nobody had any questions on the chat. So I think uh, it's time for our closing statements. So I'll go ahead and Chuck. Yeah, we're we're a month away from our uh, Alabama Catfish Trail uh, Wheeler Lake tournament. Uh, we're only having four tournaments this year in different locations, trying to, um, you know, raise awareness, get people involved. Um, so uh, we're going to be hitting uh, North Alabama, uh, Wheeler Lake. We're going to be launching out of Ingalls Harbor. Uh, it's a day tournament uh, from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on September 6th. And uh, September, October, the, the, the really big cat, the blue catfish bite is really good around then. So uh, if y'all can come join us, it's going to be a great time. If you have, if you need to uh, see the rules or the entry fee, stuff like that, just go to Alabama Catfish Trail, and uh, everything's uh, posted on the top. All right. Kyle? Uh, just want to remind everybody, uh, August 16th at Keokuk, Iowa, be a $2,000 added uh, tournament up there for Twisted Cat Outdoors. Uh, last year at the night tournament, we either had 45 or 47 boats. I can't remember. Uh, this will be a day tournament. It uh, should be as many and probably more. Uh, we had some great sponsors up there from Grouchy's Pond and uh, Discount Tire and Angelina, Angelina's Pizza and uh, um, Charles Commander's Coin Place. There's just a lot of... Uh, People that really help us put together a great, uh, a great thing. Midwest Coins, name of that. Uh, so everybody get a chance to come out there. The tournament seven to three, uh, be a good time. The fish have been, they have been catching some really nice fish up in Keokuk. Uh, I've seen some of the guys on there with twenties, thirties, forties, and a few above that uh, that they've been catching in the last couple weeks. So uh, it ought to be a great tournament. September 20th, Quincy, Illinois, Southside Boat Club there also. Um, this will be a really good tournament. Quincy's a great place to have a tournament. We don't always catch a lot of giant fish in that area, but there's always quality fish. There's usually a lot of them. Uh, this is some of the most gracious people that you ever want to be around up there. They're outstanding folks. Everybody has a good time, so come up there and see us September 20th. The year-end tournament for Twisted Cat Outdoors will be the 25th and 26th in Keokuk, Iowa. $5,000 guaranteed first place. You must fish one of the Twisted Cat Outdoor tournaments to get in, or you will have to uh, pay double entry fee to get in it. And uh, this is going to be a giant tournament for us. We look for a really huge uh, uh number of boats in this. We've got just unbelievable amounts of people that are eligible to fish in it now and we'll add to them in the next two tournaments. So uh, like I say, right now they've been catching the fire out of out of fish up there uh, below the Keokuk Dam and off of some of the dikes and different things. So 
you guys get ready and prepare to join us up there. We'll have a great time. Sounds good, Lo. Um, we have want to remind everybody we have a new forum. Uh, the forum is just you'll see the link on the catfishweekly.com. It's catfishweekly.com forward slash forum. Um, I know right now there I don't think that people are are uh, it's letting people post correctly. Uh, there's few few things that I've got to work out on it and get that working correctly. But go ahead and register, and as soon as it's uh, working correctly, start utilizing that forum. Um, like I like I was saying just a little bit ago during the drawing, uh, one of the things we're offering in the forum is the super fan package, and it's just ten bucks. And what one of the things that the, the biggest thing that it's going to get you is uh, bonus entries to every contest that Catfish Weekly does. So uh, as you've seen during that draw. That bonus entry that Jason Malone has, he's our only super fan right now. He's the only one that loves us. <laughs> so you've seen that bonus entry by him twice on there that come up there. So that bonus entry will definitely, uh, you know, going down the line when we have some really, really, we have really good giveaways already. The whisker wearer's good. We might have Black Horse Custom Runs. You know, we might have guide trips. I, we don't really know what we're going to have. So, you know, that $10 might be... Uh, you know, a drop in the bucket for the type of prizes that will be given away. So, definitely think about doing that. Um, the uh, advertising on the on the site itself, the catfishweekly.com, where you see the new advertisement for uh, um, the Catfish Magazine, and then you're going to see the Indiana Hunter on the top left and Black Horse Custom Rod up on the left. Uh, there's still more spaces like that that are available. Those are only the $30 for three months and $50 for six months. Uh, as our subscribers and everything, as the show gets more viewers, you know that price is going to have to go up as well. So, if you uh, want to get some advertisement for your business or or, or uh, page or whatever, you know, get a hold of us and we can get you an advertisement made up if you don't have one. Put that on there. And I'm I'm sorry I got a question in the chat so I'm reading it. Oh, he's asking me who won. It was uh, it was Terrence Springs who won. Terrence Springs won the catfish or the whisker wear apparel package. Um. Also, uh, like I say every time on the on the end of the show, you know, even though each one of us individually have our sponsors. Uh, those sponsors don't, don't uh, sponsor the show. The the show itself really isn't sponsored by any uh, company or product or person or anything like that. Um, pretty much, we're just trying to uh, spread the word of catfishing and, and you know spread the, the the conservation aspect of it and and our you know our our passion and really just uh, try to have a good time with what we're doing here. So um, if you like what we're doing, you know, and you got other catfish friends, send them, send them to the site, you know, send, get them to, to like us on Facebook, do that kind of stuff. We really appreciate it. Trying to get a, as many people as we can watching the show and enjoying what we're what we're doing here. So, well, um, Chris, you know, I wanted to mention before we leave and before you finish off that we've had a really uh, outstanding number of new members join. We really have. We're having a lot of people join up, and it's word of mouth and people that's watching the show. And a big thanks to all the guys that are joining. But keep telling everybody because uh, 
the bigger it gets and the better it gets, the more prizes and different things we'll have for everybody. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, I believe that's all we have. So um, I think the next uh, show or two we're going to have somebody, a special guest on that's uh, uh, got an official title in some conservation areas. So it'll, it'll probably be a good show. That. You want to touch on that for a minute? Go ahead. Um, we have a guy uh, that I'm very familiar with since we do a lot of stuff with the Missouri Department of Conservation. His name is Art Danes, and, and uh, he's out of the Hannibal Regional Office. Uh, he does a bunch of stuff with the um, testing to see if we need regulations or more regulations on the river systems. Uh, he does a lot of, uh, of the... Uh, uh, bio, biologic stuff that, that tells uh, when they spawn, how they spawn, what affects the spawn, uh, what they eat, how the, uh, uh, how the river, the, the floods and different things uh, change the way they do things and stuff. And I visited with him on the phone today and, and uh, to tell you what kind of people we got in the conservation department here in Missouri, uh, he does not have uh, what it takes for us to do the show at his house and he would either uh, do it on the phone like we've had a couple of guys do or he would take the time and drive down to my house and sit uh, behind the desk with me and, and do a show that way and and uh, you know that's just an outstanding gesture on his part and we may make, may very well do that uh, these guys uh, that we've got here in Missouri do a really good job and and I know everybody's wanting to know what what they're doing towards the uh, uh, the river system as far as getting some regulations put on and boys believe me ladies and gentlemen they are working on that they are checking and doing everything they can to determine uh, how much and what kind of stuff we need so uh, it's something that you can't do overnight or, or or maybe in the in one year so give them time to get this done uh, when the Missouri Department of Conservation makes a decision like that is a correct one whether people like it or not it's the right decision to make and if you'll bear with them you'll see in the outcome Nearly everything they do uh, works out for the best. So uh, we'll get him, get him set up and post when he's going to be on here. So get your uh, questions ready for him because he'll he will have the correct answers. I promise you. Yeah, I mean, I've always wondered, you know, how the um, barometric pressure affects the fish. I mean, I can't wait for this guy to get on there. I've got a list a mile long for him. <laughs> well, he'll be a good one to ask them questions to. Uh, him and Kevin Sullivan. Uh, Kevin Sullivan is one of the first guys that I dealt with years ago with uh, the MDC, uh, doing helping them do uh, uh, research for the lakes and stuff several years ago. And and these two are top notch in their field. They are real, very well respected around the nation for what they do. So uh, this this guy will be able to answer a lot of questions. And one thing about him is if he does not know the answer, he'll get it and contact one of us. Uh, or get back to us some way to where we know and we can pass that information along to people. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I, again, I do want to thank all the guys who have, have paid for the the spot or the ad spots on the Catfish Weekly site, Indiana Hunter, um, the Catfish Magazine, and Lyle with Black Horse Custom Rods. You know, we we definitely need more. Um, the things that we're doing here aren't necessarily free. We're pretty much just paying for them ourselves. You know, we're not doing this to make money, but if we can do it to where we're not also spending it, that's that's a bonus. 
So uh, <laughs> if you guys don't mind, you know, if you got a business or whatever, whatever that might be interested in doing it, uh, let them know, and then tell them to get a hold of us, and we'll get it set up. But uh, I believe that's all we have for tonight. I want to thank everybody for uh, for uh, showing up for the show, even though we had some technical difficulties. You stuck through it, joined us on Facebook chat. Um, and uh, so like I say every time, till I see you again, stay out of my hole. <laughs>